0: everyone welcome back to volume 2 of the ESP Music Magazine podcast or whatever this is supposed to be uh, where I bring you the greatest in the indie pop artists from around the world and conversations with some of the best in independent music why conversations because interviews are boring not boring my guest Sydney Banta formerly known as LA girlfriend at the beginning of this year, reinvented herself uh, as Sydney, slight spelling difference, but continuing the awesome music. And we have Sydney with us to discuss the interwebs, the music business. You see my air quotes. Uh, <laughs> uh, social media, unattainable expectations.
1: Ooh, that's a good one
0: and anything else that we want to talk about, because more than likely we will not stay on topic. Sydney, how are you?
1: I am great. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited for this opportunity and this moment.
0: (laughs) So am I. Um, So like I said, in our little, uh, what do I call it, a pre-show briefing, or the introduction, or getting to know each other, Um, Mm -hmm. we're just going to touch on former LA Girlfriend a lot just because you have so much going on with Sydney and so much else. So my first question, I was wondering at any point in that about 10 years as LA Girlfriend, were you ever able to work on that project full-time or did you always have to swing other things?
1: I was always working at least two jobs to just keep that one project alive. So it was (laughs) 10 years of, uh, freelance projects doing, I have some very wacky resume ads. Um, but yeah, I did it all pretty much for the sake of LA girlfriend because I believed in that project so much. So yeah, I, I definitely, um, I was not one of the lucky ones who got to, um, get paid to, like, be an artist, or, you know, I didn't have kind of the resources to just devote my time to it full-time, um, but in saying that, I think it gave me a lot more to work with in in terms of, um, creativity and, like, resourcefulness, forcing yourself to get things out there despite, like, time restrictions, so I, I, I don't regret it at all. I think it, it definitely helped me, um, become the creative that I am today
0: how long did it take you to I'm just wondering maybe how easy or difficult it was to realize that you were going to stop LA Girlfriend and continue under a different name was it something that you think was kind of a long time coming was it more of an an overnight epiphany um what how long did it did it take or how difficult was it to make that decision
1: that I, I mean you're you're pretty much faced with the notion of like divorcing yourself or like you know um putting to rest a part of yourself that gave you so much power so And thinking about it that way, yeah, it was super difficult to make that decision. And that's something, like, I thought about um, for maybe even, like, a year. Just, like, figuring out, like, well, I identify with La Girlfriend so much in these ways. Like, she was really a figure that was more aspirational to me. Because when I started the project, that was very shy trying to like find myself like who am I as an artist and over a decade like in that persona I was able to figure that out or at least get closer to it um and so when the the original thought came into my mind of like changing my name yeah it was just like um first of all is this smart from a business perspective because unfortunately like when you're an indie artist that's like something that's very on the forefront of the mind. You have to think about the business elements of it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was considering the tactical strategy, you know, like I have so many streams and like, what does it mean if I get rid of my name, I like lose all this um, progress that I spent so many years building Um, But I think what it really came down to was, you know, I started the project when, how old was I? Ooh, like 1920. And now I'm 30. And it's like, that's a lot of personal growth in that time. And so to become Sydney, which is my given name, but the reason I just spelled the difference, so it like looked good on <laughs> like various <laughs> things. Um, but to become Sydney, that was almost, um, it was almost like the decision to engage in that homecoming with myself. Um, so yeah, like Ellie' Girlfriend was the training camp that I went through and like Sydney is the okay, like, you're home now, like you, you went through all this stuff. Um, How do you want to move forward from here? And it was really, instead of playing a role, I, now I'm just myself. I'm just a very, like, you know, unapologetic version of myself, which is what the goal was always to be. I just never thought I would, um, like, I thought Ellie' Girlfriend would always be My thing, Um, so in that sense, it was a little surprising as well. But I think it's it was a good, it was a good change. I mean, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, damn it, like I shouldn't have changed my name. Like this is so much harder because I'm essentially starting over. Mm -hmm. Um, But the flip side of that is like, oh, I want to make a electro dance record this week okay now I want to make a super lo-fi grungy guitar record and like I can do that and I, I don't feel bad about it where I think with LA Girlfriend I got so in the the formula of like all right pop hits only like for LA Girlfriend like I can't play guitar I can't do these things um so it's it's been very freeing I will say but yeah definitely difficult very emotional um but I'm I'm happy that I made that decision and that I'm moving forward in this new name Woo, that was a long answer hopefully that didn't ramble too much (laughs)
0: that that's beautiful and that's um that's the epitome of my podcast so you're doing, doing great so far. Love it. Okay,
1: <laughs> I got a lot of rambling in me, so, you know, we'll just keep going. <laughs> wait, wait
0: till you hear, wait till you hear my first one. Um, <laughs> so I want to touch on exactly what you said. That was actually my follow-up question. I kind of, I wrote it down as aftermath of name change. Um, not like it was, you know, that traumatic, but obviously that's easy for me to say, how smooth has it been? Like you said, there are concerns. And like you said, there's, there's, there's business concerns. There's like, okay. Right. Because LA girlfriend, especially after a decade, that's more than a band that's, that's your brand. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering, did you think, okay, you know, are the fans going to transition over and uh, how, how am I going to reintroduce myself? How do you think the transition's been uh, so far for you?
1: Um, it's definitely been, it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been, you know, a dreamlike scenario. Uh, definitely lost some fans because I think the name itself implies, um, more of a, Ooh, what's the word? What am I thinking of? LA Girlfriend, the name itself is almost more of like a, God, don't you just hate that? You know the word, but then like, <laughs> the other word is blocking it. And you're like, no, get out of here. That's not that word. Um, promiscuous. That's what I was gonna say. LA girlfriend was a little bit promiscuous, uh, in the sense that a lot of my friends or um, a lot of my fans were generally male of a certain age range, and they, they may or may not have been into the project because of my music. It was more of like what I looked like and what the name LA Girlfriend stood for in their minds. Um, So to say, okay, I'm gonna do away with that. I'm Sydney now, this is my look now. Yeah, like a lot of people didn't really get it. And um, I will say though, the the LA Girlfriend fans that were a little uh, sleepy, near the end they got super energized by my first release don't come down as sydney because it was just super it was like it was a more personal writing style and i pretty much got more like straight to the point with the song and the message was super clear so i think you know there are elements of the name change that have worked for me but i mean like i said like i'm starting over essentially, and that's a very hard thing to like, because if you tell anyone of like, hey, okay, you're going to put 10 years into something, and then you're going to throw it all away, but I'm not like, I'm trying not to look at it that way. I'm trying to to say, you know, what? in 10 years, I learned X, Y, and Z, and I hated these things. I loved these things, so now as Sydney, I'm taking the things that I loved into the project and like reframing the things that didn't work so well and starting over. Um, But yeah, from a business perspective, I mean, I wasn't exactly like pumping out the releases near the end of LA Girlfriend. So I I pretty much kind of went to like hibernation phase. So when I started to release under the new name, it was more, I think it was a little confusing, because they're like, who's this person? Like, who's Sydney? Uh, why should I care? Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm pretty much trying to not only win over new people, but like, keep keeping the people that I already have, like, in engaged and entertained. But I mean, at the end of the day, to be truly honest, like, I'm not a musician for other people. I'm a musician for myself. Like, I originally started making music because I wanted to listen to something specific. So I wrote songs that I would listen to. And I mean, some people call it like, oh, you're full of yourself. But like, I will listen to my albums just for fun, just because like, I love this song so much. So not to say that, like, I don't care what anybody thinks about the name change. It's more of, like, you know, I make music for myself first. I have a creative vision for myself, what I want to put out into the world. Um, and so in that sense, it's kind of, like, not a big deal. I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, if you change your name, it's going to be this huge thing. But um I think I just try to, I try to keep everything in perspective and be like, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's not, I'm not being called to the L Ray anytime soon, but also like the L Ray was my second show ever. So like, who knows? Like I could be headlining something, you know, next year. Um, I think that's just the nature of it. But to answer your question, uh, yes, it's been hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Let's touch on something you just said, which was actually also my next question. You you touched on the uh, on the first single, um, and I want to let everyone know listening to this podcast. If you haven't heard it, pause this podcast, go listen to Sydney's "Don't Come Down." You may thank me later, and then come come back and renew uh, you know restart the the podcast, and you will understand what I'm about to what I'm about to talk about. So I promise I wasn't going to gush too much. I was supposed to be on all the pre-show stuff. <laughs> but I'm telling – Sydney, if there is a way to announce a new project and come out swinging, your Don't Come Down single absolutely destroyed.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> unreal. Still love listening to it, uh, generally at unacceptable high volumes, of course. Oh, uh, <laughs> <I'm- laughs> um, was meant to be.
1: <laughs> p- pardon? how it's meant to be listening. How it's meant,
0: so you came out with that first single, and at the same time, if I remember, or if I, if I read the post right, you, soon after, you also, because um, to me, it almost seemed, it, it seemed like a pretty, um, obviously on my end, or, or anyone listening on, on our end, it seemed like a fairly seamless transition, because you had you know the, the last um, uh, LA Girlfriend song and video, uh, Is Freedom. <laughs> I think I have that right, is freedom? Mm-hmm. Yep, yes. Sure. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, is that a, sta- is that a statement or a question? <laughs> is freedom? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Is. it
1: is freedom.
0: <laughs> and then to me, it seemed like it, it just, you're already ready for Sydney, the, the, the bomb single comes out. And almost around the, a little later, it, it seems like you did, uh, was, were you doing two videos in one day?
1: I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I did read that. Right. It was (laughs) so that would have been Don't Come Down and Mad. Correct. I'm going. I literally don't have that in my notes. I'm going off memory. That's
1: great. You did great. 100 percent. Gold star.
0: So tell me about launching the the new single and then just again, just plunging like like you never stop, just plunging right into the work and doing two videos in one day.
1: Um, yeah, well, Don't Come Down, that was pretty much, it's interesting, because I'll listen to it now, and and I'll, I'll get that feeling of like, you know, I wrote this song for myself, because it was a, it was a time where I was nervous about changing the name, nervous about what was going to happen, like, it was very much feeling in a very big gray area, not, not really knowing where to go. So. When I wrote Don't Come Down, that was pretty much like an anthem to, to say, you know what, like, you just gotta do it and go, and like, don't worry about it. I have a very strong inner cheerleader that's very uh, passionate about living my best life. Um, and so she's she was really the driving force behind that song. But as far as the videos go, um, that really came down, like me being an independent artist, it's always about how resourceful can you be, how quickly can you work, how beautiful can you make things with no money whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I I headed to the desert with a friend of mine on a Saturday, and three of my other friends, um, Jackson and Ian, who were both In LA girlfriend Ian currently in Sydney um and Alana who she's been in like a few other videos of mine but they all met me in the desert I was like all right guys I want to recreate not recreate but like I want to create a very uncomfortable but very gorgeous like (laughs) a uh, mental dream image I have, and we only have four hours to do it. But my fr- <laughs> they're my friends, they're like, we understand how you work, let's go, let's do it. Um, so I, I was very um, blessed with having people who not only believe in what I was doing, but that were very into it. Um, so we, we shot the video, I think it, yeah, I think it took like four hours. It was very it was very organized like I had done a bunch of work before we got there um I made all the shot lists i i um one of the costumes I had a friend help with um her name's elma she she makes like custom lingerie, so I was like, oh, it would be cool, so really just tapping into kind of the artistic gifts of the people I know um and then once we got there it was it was pretty much like. Bam, bam, bam. Here's a shot. Great. Done. Um, on to the next one. And then I think we just, what happened after that? I think we got dinner. And then the rest of my like the two actors went, two of the actors went home and then one stayed. But it was like a thing of like, okay, guys, I'll be right back. I gotta go outside. It's 10 p.m. in the desert. There's coyotes everywhere. I don't know if I'm gonna get attacked, but I have this really cool image in my mind for don't come down, I'm go- I gotta do it. So in shooting that video, um, yeah, I was tired, cause I had just spent the day like being director and PA and like all being all the jobs on set that you, you would have people for um and then to have to be like all right I'm the I'm the front woman now like I'm in front of the camera um I actually I shot that it it won't make sense but I shot that video myself as well so I it was pretty it was a series of takes that I did at different angles you testing um microphone placement and then kind of just hoping for the best that I got like the the vibe I wanted and in that case, it was just kind of like, all right, well, this is the footage I have, so we're just gonna work with it. Um, but yeah, that was that was a really uh, that was a fun day. That was like the a very uh, prime example of like me and how I approach all of my creativity and how I approach my vision, and and that in itself is me, you know, not giving control away to, like, artistic teams, because I know a lot, of there are artists out there that are smaller, but they have, like, their own creative directors and stylists and, you know, whatever, but me having to do all those things and, like, put out something as cool as Don't Come Down, I, like, I was very proud of that moment, and I think that's proof that if you believe in your vision that much and you're not afraid to execute it, Then, like, obviously, do it, and like, don't be afraid about what people are gonna say, because that was an expression of myself. So, like, I love that video. I love Mad. Like, I love the people I worked with to help me bring it to life. Um. So yeah, did I did I answer your question? I feel. (laughs)
0: Here's a great part. Here's a great part about this show. There really are no questions. It's just like it's like. Topics and stream of consciousness. So Okay,
1: okay great. I'm like, like in the middle in the middle of that whole thing, I'm like, is, is, would anybody be listening still? <laughs> like, what is she saying?
0: That's why I urge people. It's like, folks, if you need to pause and then go check out the songs or videos, Perfect. Tr- okay. trust me, do it. Come back. Otherwise.
1: Um, I guess long story short uh yeah I shot two videos in one day it it was hard but it was really rewarding and fun and people usually are like Sydney you I don't understand how you're able to do all this stuff I, I think I just have a very overactive ability to multitask and to I almost have like five brains in one brain and I have like the creative brain the logistic brain um you know, whatever the finance brain, business brain, I'm I'm just con- like, I'm really confident in my ability to do everything. And I think that's what makes me a bit more entrepreneurial when it comes to like music and um, which is good and bad. But um, for someone who doesn't have a team, who doesn't have the resources, uh, I think that's probably the most important thing you could have.
0: And like I said, from an um, outsider standpoint, uh, again, it seemed so, I hate trying to say seemed seamless, at the, like say that like three times fast. Um, when, you, like, when you started sitting, you just like, again, it just right out of the gate, just bam, right? You already had the first single doing two videos. It was just, it was already just go, go, go which was which was incredibly awesome versus you know announcing a new project you know n- new music coming soon
1: i hate that right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't stand it. it's like don't give me an announcement an announcement for a thing it, you're announcing like just release it or wait until it's done but i mean that's also like a strategy thing of like well you gotta like build up the base and get the base excited but it's like you know, people—they have there's so many an- announcements in the world. Like, just give the people what they want when they want it, and call it a day.
0: <laughs> and and Sydney, that is one of my Sydneyisms coming up. So.
1: Oh. Okay. Yeah, oh. Oh. Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: I, I'm excited I, to hear what you <laughs> have pulled.
0: <laughs> um, I'm gonna jump around a bit yeah um because one of them again i'm saving actually for for kind of the sydneyism so i'm going to jump to absolutely one of my favorite things ever um which is the sydney opera house and just to give everyone a little background um how should i start this let's go back a few months with the pandemic and Mm -hmm. i saw sydney posting um she was going to do some Twitch stuff, and Sydney, you were doing, I think, gaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, okay, th- this is cool. Now, I don't do gaming, so I don't, you know, I don't watch that, this, that, or the other thing. But I decided, and Sydney may not remember this, but I DM'd her um, because I, I'm devious and I, I'm kind of like the movie Inception. I'm thinking like I'm planting a seed in someone's mind. So I was like, hey, Sydney uh you know whatever i i don't know what the heck i was saying but i'm like uh uh are, are any chance or are you looking at doing maybe doing a live stream uh in the near future and sydney was like uh, uh you know i'm, uh, I'm just you know, i'm hanging out right now but you know maybe rah, 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 rah. so i'm like okay well i've done my job i'm just gonna leave that alone so so with within like a month again i'm not taking credit for anything but i again i probably seen inception too many times um within a month sydney did a why am i talking to you like in the third person okay now i can address you directly so then you did
1: (laughs) i did a live show
0: you did your first one It it was it was it was it was it was low key it was beautiful black and white i think it was because it didn't record i think it was all covers and then, and then you kind of like showed your work process, I think a little bit.
1: Oh, the uh, you're talking the, the, about the, yeah
0: before uh, Sydney Opera House the 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 first live yeah. stream okay. yes yeah. yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah, I, I, was probably, like, I, was I
1: probably like, did I do covers but <laughs> I know what you're
0: talking about yeah oh you did covers and now I ha- now I have to have that one by uh oh what was my favorite I think it was uh, Asia
1: yeah that yeah. was a. Uh,
0: that was a good one. <laughs> oh, oh I, I'm yeah, and then of course, and then you, then you re-recorded uh, Peter Gabriel too, um, yeah. to give people an idea. Um, but I loved it. It was like I said, it was low key. Oh, I see where you got confused. If I'm, I'm going to call Sydney Opera House low key, I was clearly not awake during that thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone, you get ready for this. Um, but again, it was black and white. Um, it was low key. Uh, covers and like I said, then you were fiddling around, kind of showing how you worked, and it was really cool. And then there's this gap, and this is what I'm going to get into. Before even the Sydney Opera House, you know, then you posted about, you know, have to do, have to bring this new experience, have to do something different, not not satisfied with this, this, this or that, mm-hmm. and and I want to know how you went from the first live stream as cool and fun and like I said nice and low-key as it was and how the whole concept started because that is what what happened is such a huge leap um, in such a short time so I'd love to pick your brain on on between that first live stream and Sydney's Opera House.
1: Yeah um, well so years prior I mean I feel like it's like more of a subconscious thing that happened with that because uh before that I was having a really hard time or like before the pandemic in general I was having a hard time getting shows like no one was really into what I was doing I didn't have the numbers to support like certain show times uh certain venues were like you were big and 2016, like you're, you know, you're not really doing anything new. Um, so that kind of put a weird taste in my mouth for like live venues and how live music is booked and promoted and the things that are looked at um, when artists like get these live shows, um, especially not having a team. Like I was doing a lot of this either by myself or, you know, having a friend send emails when I had to work like three jobs. So um, what happened between the the first live stream, I like to think of that one as kind of like getting my feet wet in the live stream pool. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, like, everyone was kind of doing the same thing as far as streaming goes which is like i'm just gonna set my phone up here yeah. and i'm gonna you know um, it's there's gonna be no filter i'm just gonna like sing the camera and it's gonna be the same shot for half an hour but um having a background or developing a background in like video editing and i would attribute some credit to Mad, the music video shot, having to think about visual uh, experiences for video in terms of like editing and like what would keep audience engaged for a long amount of time. I think that's what really fueled the Opera House stuff. And I I will say, like, I actually owe the Opera House and the first live stream to my brother. Um, because he, he's really good at pushing me to do better, (laughs) and at times it can be really annoying, because it's like, but I I already did this cool thing, he's like, well, what if you did this, and then, and then that kind of just gets my, my mind going, Um, but he really introduced me to live streaming for musicians, and opened my mind to the possibilities. Um, He, at the time, he was really, Uh, looking into new live stream features like how to do certain things that not anyone else is really doing because no one really knew how to do them yet Um, so from from that first like if we talk about that first live stream that was really like me testing what is possible as far as camera angles go how can I make this almost like a live music video and how can this be interesting? So where the, the audience doesn't get bored, because I mean, like I said, like the one angle shot for half an hour is like not the most riveting thing to watch. Um, so going from that to Opera House, like after I finished that first live stream, I was like, all right, cool. So I, now I know what's possible how can I push this to the absolute limit? And originally the idea was to have like a lot of different like sets in place and like, you know, all these different visuals going at one time and then that all feeds into like the main live stream and then you have somebody that's like directing it, right? But me, like, the the I will say like about myself, I have this – I wouldn't call it a weakness. I find it an incredible strength. But sometimes it's hard for me to have very grand ideas and visions. And then to look at the fact that, like, I am one person with a maximum brain capacity of, like, whatever I can handle in that particular day. Um, it's hard to <laughs> sometimes make those grand dreams and visions I have become a realized thing. But I, that's what I always strive to do. So with the Auburn House, it was like, what are the things I can introduce that will make this more of a live experience instead of just like an Instagram stream? Um, and with that, I I had to be very detail oriented. So you watch the Auburn House. Um, I'm not sure if you noticed how things were like, certain elements were exactly centered to the like an iPhone frame or like a phone frame. Um but not only did I have to like center things to that, but then I had to think about the people who might be watching on like a larger TV. Does does is everything centered to that point of view. Um, so I mean to put it simply like Opera House was probably the most extreme exercise in creativity that I've had in a while. And um, it was just a lot of elements. And the purpose of it was to show that like, one, I don't need a venue to have an interesting show. I don't need, um, I don't need to deal with like the politics of booking agents and talent managers to tell me if I'm a valid artist or not. And I have years of experience in like design and editing and figuring things out for myself and fashion and makeup that I can utilize all these things in one place. So in a lot of ways, instead of it being a live stream, it became a piece of performance art for me. And it was was something that like, (laughs) in my opinion, and I know in your opinion, like no one was doing anything similar to what I did with that show and um that's that's really like what I always try to to contribute to the world like I don't want to just do what everyone else is doing I want to show people that there is another possibility and there is another way of doing things that will actually like elevate your experience and stuff so um yeah I mean it's it is crazy to think that like oh like you had this live stream that was very simple and like black and white and very like sweet and cute, and then like a month later to have like guns blazing with like <laughs> you know transitions and like overlays and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I would I'm it's it, I, like I I can't really figure out how that must look outsider perspective because I just know in my mind it's like. Oh yeah, that makes sense because you, you were just constantly thinking from that point on until you did the Opera House.
0: And for anyone who doesn't know, again, I urge uh, people to pause the podcast, go to YouTube, type in Sydney, S-I-D-N-E, Opera House, and of course, it'll do the usual correct. Do you mean the Sydney Opera? No, no, I mean <laughs> the other one, Sydney Opera House and prepare for 30 minutes of something you have, will probably never, ever see again in your life. Um, <laughs> see, there's, there, there's a couple of special things for me I got to bring up in that, in that broadcast. Mm-hmm. Probably again, I, people might be centering on what they're seeing, but obviously as far as audio, it was also awesome, because like you said, it was gonna be all new stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, not, pl- gut, not relying on anything older, um, no idea what to expect. One of my favorite transitions Absolutely was, I'm totally not ready for this either. Uh, it like cuts from the microphone and it goes like straight to glowy, sparkly Sydney. And this was the, this was the beginning, I believe yeah. of French kiss. Yeah. Would absolutely, by the way, one of my favorite songs.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah.
0: It, I, I love that. I'm like, I looked at it. I'm like, Oh my God, Sydney's gone full Xanadu. So, <laughs> so if you know the movie, you probably know what I'm talking about. It, it was, it, it it was awesome, um, and then the biggest, the best, I and I think I don't know if you did some intentional misdirection, but this was absolutely beautiful. This is literally at the end. Um, it's about I think about the twenty-seven minute mark, and I, I you know I think the last song's been done. Um, mm-hmm. It cuts away. We're back to the clouds and the ambient noise soundtrack thing you kind of had going on. Mm-hmm right and then it cuts to like the microphone you're not there so i'm like oh okay uh that was awesome sydney's left the building this was incredible that was great fun baseline kicks in oh my god
1: <laughs> that was my favorite that was my favorite part too because oh. the just the like slow motion overlay was like a fantasy i don't know like i was just like because i watched I watched the taping back and I'm like oh this looks so cool (laughs) like it's always fun to surprise yourself of like of having an idea of like this might be really wacky and like I don't know if it's gonna work out but to see it actually work out and in a way that it's like mind-blowing for like a live stream like yeah I was very proud of that moment.
0: It was, it was unreal. Like I said, I don't know if you did something intentionally and I'm just, you know, chilling and it's like, oh, that was, that was awesome. I can't wait to tell her about it. Then, you know, if there was a fly on the wall in my room when I was, uh, the room where my computer is and, and where I'm watching it, you know, I just, you know, start freaking out, flailing about. Uh, you know my <laughs> one of my favorite songs and i 'm just all I could like type into the comments were like "Yes" with like a hundred exclamation points <laughs> that 's all i could that 's all I could manage uh, so yeah those are i think those are kind of like two of my highlights xanadu Sydney, and ha ha fooled you i 'm still in the building sydney <laughs> and so uh, again if you haven 't paused yet and gone to watch it please do so. Again, you may thank me later. Come back, you will understand. So um I do you have things sketched out for uh for future live streams?
1: I do. And uh with quarantine my brother and I are actually in the same city now huh? which is quite uh quite good for me <laughs> because uh he has all the fun toys to play with as far as like streaming goes. Um but yeah that's something that's been on my on my mind for a while. It's it's uh I I did have two concepts for two opera houses. However um just just as is life. Like I the other day I picked up a guitar and now it's like oh am I going into like a grunge phase? So it might be interesting um I think I'm gonna try to record a few more songs or in, uh, write a few more, but I might be doing an opera house that features my lovely guitar. So yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, um, like I, th- that project in itself is just like, gonna, uh, live a fantasy, but also like, push the boundaries of what my in- imagination can do so i think for now i'm just kind of in taking like all this inspiration watching a bunch of you know old films and musicals and seeing what uh brews in my brain but yeah i'm definitely thinking about it
0: we'll definitely watch more xanadu so i don't know (laughs) see i actually want to touch on exactly what you're saying because my next question or should i say topic um I wonder if that, you know, was live stream was, was kind of giving us a hint on what it would look like performing as Sydney versus when you performed as L.A. Girlfriend. L.A. Girlfriend, there were a lot of incarnations of your live show, mm-hmm. right? So it'd be you or someone else, and then uh, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe a full backing band, or you would dancers plus band. Yeah. Um And I'm wondering with the opera house, is like I wonder if Sydney's kind of giving us a hint going forward. How she might do an actual live and a venue show.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That was the intention of Opera House. Because again, it's like it's it's a weird, you know, an an unpopular opinion. Is uh, do we need music venues in the way of you know being the one and only thing to break? upcoming artists. And I would argue, no, I would argue that it's the artist that makes the live show special and not the other way around. Like, I feel like venues need artists, but artists don't necessarily need venues. Um, Controversial, but you know, that's just me. Um, And when I was doing the visuals for Opera House, yeah, like 100%, I... I already have the concept for the Sydney live shows in my mind and Opera House was a way to like introduce more of a visual experience instead of just like me on stage with a band because to me that's not exciting and I'm always conscious of people who work really hard to earn their money? Like, do they want to spend it watching someone standing on stage in front of a microphone for a half hour, or do they want a show? Like, I, I always want a show. Like, I always want to make my audience feel like, you know what? Yeah, it, this was worth the ten dollars or whatever. Um, so, I think with Opera House, it was it was a way to. One, introduce the live show, but also kind of dip my feet into the thinking of like, what is it going to be after you know we have COVID under control and after we're able to like play shows and venues again? How can I make my show something that is interesting but also almost like performance art? Because I think there's not enough of that in live music, and I think that's what makes. know certain musicians so special is their ability to, to like really pull you in and and make their show almost like theater and i think that's that's always my goal is to make any show i do this escape from not only the outside world but like i want it to be a theatrical experience where you're you're almost stepping into a universe that you didn't really know existed and and do you feel better now that you, <laughs> now that you've stepped into that universe? Um, so, yeah, I'm, that's, and that was the one bummer about the pandemic. Cause I was like, oh, I have this really sick live show um, planned. I can't wait to like, you know, unveil it somewhere. Um, but it, it, Opera House was just like an excuse to do that in a digital format, which I think is a lot harder than. Uh, live obviously because you, you don't have the audience there to really play to um, and the energy you know you're you're really relying on yourself to be super energetic um, but but yes short answer yes
0: <laughs> on that note sydney are you ready to begin some Sydneyisms?
1: isms yes yeah, i'm so excited <laughs>
0: This is what one we were actually talking about earlier. We were talking about how, we, how much we all love announcements of announcements. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> pardon?
1: My favorite thing you in fa- the
0: world. And this applied to when you uh, actually debuted your first album under Sydney, just called Sid. And mm-hmm. you just, it just out, just kind of like Sydney Opera almost almost, just like out of the blue, you made a post, I, don't, you know, I'm like immediately, you know, running grab, where my headphones.
1: But <laughs> you just you
0: dropped this album and the reason you put and here's my first Sydneyism, quote, hype is overrated. So <laughs> can you expand on that a little bit?
1: Hype is overrated. I mean, it's just like annoying like here's a post, I'm announcing something soon. Like like below, are you excited? Like, come on, don't waste my time, like, the world's burning, I don't need your hype, like, just, what do you want to say? Hype is overrated, meaning, if you want to just release a song, just release it, like, the reason I just put the album out there, because I was like, you know what, this is me rebelling against all the industry people who want me to do things a certain way, but you know, I don't necessarily believe in, in those rules, so I'm gonna do it my way, see what happens, of course, like, is that album, like, super popular? No, but also, like, maybe I'm gonna become one of those artists, like, I'll be long gone, but some kid's gonna find my stuff, and maybe that's when I get big, you know, so, like, I'm not really, um, concerned with like strategy and stuff because it's it just takes the fun out of being a musician and an artist and artists are always changing and always evolving so this whole like hype schedule and like you know promotional tour or whatever it's like cool it works for some people and especially if you're on a label like yeah you have to do that but um for me it was just like you know what I'm just gonna release it because guess what I'm probably gonna change tomorrow so enjoy it for today um I'm gonna get working on the next thing um but yeah I I mean when there's too much hype it's just like all right man like cool I get it you have a video coming out I just want to see the video like I don't want the (laughs) I don't know if you've seen those Instagram posts where it's like Five days till you know, <laughs> party at the the Hyatt. You know, drops hot fire, and then the next day it's like four days till. <laughs> it's, like, it's just a little much. Um, that's just my own philosophy, though. Like people disagree with that. Um, again, I'm I I'm trying to keep the fun in perspective of becoming like in becoming a musician and staying an artist uh there's a lot of bad stuff or you know advice that we're told to abide by but um that's not fun like (laughs) write your own rules
0: next one no one has the answers on how to quote make it anymore which is very true um (laughs) not not only do i study intently on what a lot of musicians post and do but i spend a lot of time on youtube i watch all the people who talk about current state of music business music marketing um and and you listen to it from for me for day to day week to week to week and it's it's just like um we're all we're all flailing in the dark at this point yeah so i i thought that was incredible it's like yeah uh don't don't get that so that someone says they have the answer they're let's face it sydney they're probably trying to sell us something
1: exactly
0: (laughs) no one is not a more truth no one has the answers on how to make it anymore the the whole um business industry the whole the, the, the former model's gone no one really i don't think anyone knows what the new model is um so yeah i didn't know if you wanted to say anything on top of no one has the answers on how to make it anymore.
1: Yeah. I I will add to that. I, that doesn't just apply to music. That's just life in general. And the thing, like when the pandemic first started, I don't know who it was, but that's when the whole like, Oh, we're going to do zoom panels and zoom conferences with like music industry veterans and stuff. But to be honest, no one has endured a pandemic like this ever. So the fact that you're going to put industry professionals who, who quote-unquote claim to know how to make it in a pandemic situation, like, I mean, that's a red flag right there because it's like no one has lived through this. So how would you know? And I'm not knocking – um industry experts or like anyone who looks to those people. But I will say that if a formula worked for one person, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you because everyone has their own set of experiences, their own um, collection of things that make them unique and different, that we can't be using the same formula for everyone. And, um, I mean, if if you're in music for money, that it's a it's a little bit of a different story because you know then we get into the conversation of like uh, factory pop stars who they all sound the same, they all look the same, um, and they're all like making a ton of money because they all share a sound. Um, but when when you really get into unique artistry and individuals, yeah, what works for cigar rose isn't gonna work for me you know so it's just kind of like a different um it's it's recognizing that it's okay to not have a formula and it's also having the courage to say you know what I know myself the best and ultimately you have to make music that you're happy with and that you love and also to that point like my brother, he gave me the best advice that I still think about to this day. Um, He said, you have to assign your own value or someone else is going to assign it to you. So me knowing of like how valuable I am, how creative I am, like that is my only formula. Like no one can tell me otherwise. And it's when you carry yourself or bring yourself to the table with that much confidence in what you're doing, that's how formulas are made because then people are like, looking to you for answers so I that's that's why I try to always stay in my own realm and like do the things that I believe in because when I believe them I'm able to like send them to you and say like Evan check out this cool thing I love it it's great and then like from there you either say oh you know what yeah this is cool or like "Eh, it's okay but um that, like, assigning the value yourself, assigning your own formula to yourself, because since you are the only one who knows yourself the best, only you can dictate how successful you're gonna be, and, you know, not to get super philosophical, but, like, success means something different to everyone, Mm -hmm. like, success could be, I got one stream today from someone I don't know in, like, Germany, like, that's success to me, um, for another person, it's, like, oh, I, I, uh, I booked a show at a local park, like, I made it, you know, everybody has their own standard of what is successful, and I, there's no problem in accepting that, or, like, feeling good about those levels, and I think people get too caught up in, like, oh, this is stupid that, like, I get excited about five fans, you know, it's not stupid, like, those are five fans you didn't have you know yesterday so a lot of it's just stay in perspective but yes no one knows what they're doing anyone who's like i know the answer they're liars don't don't listen to them um and uh that is that on that topic <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's gonna be hard to top that one but i, th- I think we can so okay. my oh okay my, my last sydneyism Also one of your more recent posts, and it was actually part of about three paragraphs. I'm just gonna do the first sentence because this kind of summed everything up. You got to do this in uh, Sydney voice. Uh, (laughs) By today's standards, I'm a failing musician based on the fact that I'm not a content creation machine or pumping out singles every moon cycle. I love that. I also, I love how you added the fact of every moon cycle. That's like one of my favorite parts there. I love, I love. So this is one of the most, this is one of this is one of my favorites because this is the same applies to me. And I think any, this is gonna have to do with the music business. This has to do with social media. This has to do with um, what Daniel Ek of Spotify said that we discussed earlier. Um, and I had, I kind of had my own quote on it. Um, pretty much like what all these companies were telling us was like, in order to break through all the noise, we have to make more noise.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) If you want to stand out from everybody posting a hundred times a day, you better post about 150. Uh, Okay.
1: It's not sustainable. You can't do that. Here's, here's the, the larger, I think, commentary that shaped that comment. And it's the fact that, you know what, not to be a downer, but we're all going to die one day. And it's it's silly to try to uh, make your art efficient and try to, you know, play into this productivity culture of you need to hit a quota a day to, you know, be happy to do all this thing all these things. All of us have our own version of what the American dream is. It doesn't even have to be an American dream. It could be a dream in general. And it's when you play to the rules of other people, that's when you sell yourself short and that's when you're not able to fulfill your potential because you are looking to others to help you fulfill that. So Yeah, by today's standards, I am a failing musician because I don't have a million streams on Spotify. I don't have um, Instagram sponsorships from like fast fashion labels. You know, I don't have influencers talking about me. People rarely share like anything I'm doing, but I am happy because I'm being creative every day. I'm writing songs that I love and that I'm excited about. And I have people in my life who are equally excited because I'm excited. So yeah, I mean it it it's silly to play into this whole like like you said, making more noise to to be louder. And it's like, you know what would stand out in all that noise is silence or like <laughs> What is the opposite of what everyone else doing? Because you got to think about it too, like there's going to come a day where not everyone's going to be able to post like 200 posts a day. And so it's almost thinking ahead and thinking about history in general of like how history moves. Um, Sometimes it, it swings like a pendulum, it goes from one extreme to the other. and since it you know history does flow kind of in a similar way it's kind of like okay well i'm just gonna stick to what i'm doing and like do am i proud of what i'm doing am i happy with what i'm doing if the answer is yes then you're fine then you're you have already made it because at the end of the day it's gonna be yourself on the deathbed thinking about your life And then that's it. It's not going to matter what Spotify says, or, you know, whoever said about your career, did you live the life that you wanted to live? Are you proud of what you've done? And we should all be, all be aiming for yes. Like to be proud at our last day, our last breath on earth, to be proud and excited about the work we've left behind and, and and
0: that's that. I mean, it's like.
1: Well, so you, yeah.
0: If you want another comparison, I was thinking uh, I'm going to pull a Spinal Tap uh, reference. Okay. Nice. Um Well, yeah, it's just we're all at a ten here, and it's like the social media, the streaming. Everyone wants us to go to eleven, right? It's like yeah. the, the, these go to eleven. Well, I, I I can't even I can't even get to a ten. I, what 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 are you asking of all of us? It's, this doesn't even make sense and I think these companies are doing long-term damage for short-term gain and it's just I just feel like something has to give soon there's going to be some sort of implosion somehow um I don't know what again I'm not going to print also myself to have any answers but <laughs> we're, we're, at a, we're at a weird point
1: that's true yeah there's gonna come a, it, I had the thought the other day um I don't know if you if you remember the time, you probably do, where the whole concept of the one hit wonder was like frowned upon, like, uh, I don't want to be a one hit wonder. But now that's what artists are aiming to be. Like mm. I feel like a lot of artists are like, oh, I just need that one song that's gonna like break me through and then like I'll be rolling in the dough and it'll be fine. But to go from, you know, only being being a respectable musician, if you have albums and like you have a consistent record of music to now all of these artists popping up and really, you know, in my opinion, making the same type of song over and over again. I think that's a a bit telling because it's like, well, is artistry just a commodity now? Like, are we just all playing into this weird um, cash grab? And like, where does that, where's there room for something new to think about? And there's not a lot of it because everyone's busy trying to get their streaming numbers up uh, and trying to book shows and, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. We, are on, we are on the same page, sir.
0: Like, like I said, we could probably do a whole series of, uh, yeah. <laughs> of, of shows just talking about the music business, the expectations, social media, how everything's working now what what are the possible outcomes um i kind of compared it if you know dickens tale of two cities um i think isn't that the one that begins it it was the best of times it was the worst of times yeah and i i use that in my last podcast to kind of describe what what was going on now um but like i said that would need a again we have have to do a whole series for that um so sydney and getting towards the end what do you have coming up? I know you've been working on a new album, and I know you already mentioned about you wanting to write and record some more songs. What, what do you got in the, in the pipeline that, you're, that maybe you want to mention at this point in time?
1: Yes, I just recorded, I say this about every song I record when I record <laughs> it, but <laughs> I actually just recorded my favorite song that I think I've written in a while. Uh, it's in a mixing, mastering stage right now. And I will tell you, it only has guitar and drums on it. Mm -hmm. So there's no synths. Uh, It's almost like an homage to my old LA Girlfriend days when I had a lot of like vocal distortion and things were, you know, a little grittier sounding. So I'm going to release that as a single just to not freak people out, because it might be, (laughs) it might be a little different than what people are used to. But I'm super excited about that song. Um, It's a very personal song. Very, um, what's the word? Emotional, which is, I just love it. Like, I I can't even tell you enough. Um, But the plan is to shoot a video or some sort of visual element for that show, or for that song, and then just to keep going. I mean, I've been really focused on being a better guitar player and really opening that box again. Cause I haven't, in my past few releases, I haven't really touched the guitar, but, um, in thinking about the feature and thinking about live shows and stuff, I'm now entertaining, like another iteration of what that live show could be. If it was just a guitar drum setup. Um, so that's what I'm working on. And then I've been, I've, you know, oddly enough, I've been doing a lot more fashion related things. So I think that's just in, in an answer to not having access to a stylist. Like I want to do all these cool visual things, but uh, instead of trying to find the clothes, I'm, I'm making the accessories and the, and the jewelry I want to wear. So I've just been really stepping deeper into my visual identity and like what do I want to look like for the future and like how do I want to marry kind of like my guitar sound to my identity. What does that look like? So it's a lot of uh, creative direction, I would say. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm having more fun with music. And then I'm, I'm going to try to do another opera house before the end of the year. I know it seems like really far, but like, I guess October's like next week. So (laughs) (laughs) not super far away. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just want to do it all. I just want to live my best life and like make really cool art. So that's just always on the to-do list.
0: Well, on that note, Sydney, my favorite part, uh, where we plug, because I want everyone to hear and see and enjoy like I do, Uh, so the best I can tell everyone, and by the way, obviously all the old, quote unquote old, uh, LA girlfriend catalog is still available. Uh, yep. if you, if you go to Bandcamp, go to LA girlfriend.bandcamp.com or just go to Bandcamp, type it in. Uh, however, you, you absolutely got to check out her new chapter in life, which is just Sydney, S I D N E. Uh, you can go to Bandcamp, find her there. Uh, highly suggest YouTube. Obviously I'll put links for all this too. Um, but got to go to YouTube. Uh, again, Sydney, don't come down or type in Sydney opera house. Um, also her mad video her new rococo video and Cindy, what else can i uh, toss in uh, to plug
1: i mean if you want a real like a real life update i mean instagram's where i'm pretty much the most active and that's really all the uh, like side projects i'm working on um that's i usually release stuff there first or at least say, announce that I'm announcing it there first. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, Instagram, Sydney, X, I, V, S, I, D, N, E, X, I, V would probably be the place to go.
0: And again, I'll have the links for all the socials. Uh, Sydney, stay tuned because when I end this, we're going to have our little quick post show wrap.
1: Okay. Yay.
0: <laughs> Don't worry. I won't take up too much more of your time. You've been very kind no, and generous. It. So. It's been so uh, fun.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Uh, everyone, please go check out Sydney. There are more surprises to come. Uh, Sydney, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and everyone, just stay tuned for the uh, the next episode.
1: Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>